I'm Darren Garrahy, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to their no laughing matter moments, to a time where they felt laughed at. I did the I did the Victoria Beckham points as well. No. Yeah, oh, I did. I was like, I'm going to go for it. And I went, I'm kind of superstar. And um, he, like, I, it was, I was, everything happens in slow motion. Like, I just remember that. And then everyone, like, laughing. And, like, she was just furious. And I remember I got suspended for a couple of days. What? Oh, yeah. Presenter, writer, and all-round hilarious person, James Kavanagh is my guest this week. He tells me about the Spice Girls performance that got him suspended from school, how his mom shared the story of his conception on national radio, and how he can't wait for nights of spontaneity. This season of the Laughs of Your Life podcast is brought to you by Aussie Hair. If you follow me on social media, you will know that my hair has been living its best life in lockdown, thanks to Aussie Hair products. Their three-minute miracle is a true hero. It deep treats your hair in, well, you've guessed it. Three minutes. I'm delighted to have Aussie sponsoring the podcast because they're not ones to take things too seriously, just like me. You can check them out on Instagram at Aussie Hair, and while you're on Instagram, have a little look at my IGTV video about how I curl my hair using their products. You'll be ready for the real world and socialising before you know it. And now for my chat with James Kavanagh. I hope you enjoy. James Kavanagh, you are so welcome to the laughs of your life. Oh, thanks for having me. It's about time, Darren. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't stop laughing. For the listeners who are tuning in, we are doing this via Zoom and we literally had a moment of the Zoom sketches that James is so famous for. Hair flick. <laughs> we had I, it like twice. I, <laughs> I had said to you uh, the other day when we were chatting, I was like, I knew I always wanted to have you on the podcast, mm. but I kind of wanted to wait because I didn't want to do it too early for people to be like, oh, these are just, oh, here we go. Another two self-obsessed social media heads being like, no, you're really funny. No, you're really funny. <laughs> Would they be wrong? <laughs> they bloody wouldn't. <laughs> okay, are you ready to do this? <laughs> no! He's frozen again. He's frozen again. <laughs> He's gone now, for <laughs> sake. Oh my god. For <laughs> sake. Hopefully, this works out and we can actually use a little bit of this. No. Oh. I'll see you now if he texts me. Really? There, he's back. <laughs> what the f*** is going on? Why is my chance being ruined? Okay. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. Okay, we go again. Let's go for it. Okay. Are you going to do, do the Zoom sketch joke again, Darren? <laughs> okay. Are you ready to go? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. James Kavanagh, you are extremely welcome to the laughs of your life. Oh, thanks for having me. Sorry, the reason I'm laughing is because not it like first of all, it was like your Zoom sketch inception. So if anyone doesn't know, you do these sketches about Zoom and how like awkward it is when people make a joke or like people fall off the Zoom. So we tr- attempted to start at the podcast and we joked about that. And it was like, oh my god, inception gas. And we laughed. And then we crashed again. So now it's like, now it's just getting actually annoying, and I'm actually <laughs> Maybe by the fifth time this joke could be funny. 
<laughs> what a disaster. James. Is this just like my Zoom sketches, Darren? What? It's just like my Zoom Can you hear me? <laughs> so that was a joke. I actually can't hear you. Okay, James, are you ready for your interview? So I'm ready, Darren. I'm, I've been ready for quite, what, maybe three seasons? <laughs> okay, James Kavanagh, your first memory of laughter. Do you know what? It was actually, I was about, I was actually about one year old, like a year old. What? Yeah, about a year old. No, I'm totally joking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Do it. Reading, because I read the questions beforehand, this has really kind of made me realise how bad my memory is. Oh, God. Um, right. So can we skip this question and go into the next one? What? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Stop reading the format. No, do you know what? I can't remember a specific thing, but growing up, there was always a real sense of like mischief in my house. Um, and like thinking about this question has kind of reminded me of like maybe where I get my humor. And so I think my dad, he was always playing jokes on his siblings. And um, he, he is specifically anti-K. Um, he, him and Kay, they wouldn't get each other presents or like birthday cards or fresh Christmas cards. My dad would get a Christmas card like from three years ago and scribble out the name at the top and write 2K. And like he'd, he'd shove it through her letterbox. And there was just this ongoing joke to try and get each other the worst kind of presents or embarrass each other. And um, I remember one, one time, my dad used to clear out houses as part of his job. And he cleared out an old rectory, like a priest's house. And he got one of these massive um, Jesus statues. And he went up and cemented it on top of her house, on the chimney <laughs> in Nookrove no. Avenue, near, near like Nookrove Shopping Centre, right on the main road. He, she was on holiday, pull up his ladder, cemented a massive Jesus statue. On the top of her house. Cement. Cement. Oh, yeah, with the trowel. And I, and I remember it was there for like a couple of weeks. And she was like, Alan, get the statue down. <laughs> so, like, I think I just like grew up like around that kind of like humor and like almost like you you weren't happy until someone else is miserable. Like you were laughing at someone else's misery. And yeah. I think I got that sense of like playing pranks on people. I used to do them on my aunts. I, I was very obsessed with Home Alone when I was growing up. And do you remember like all the little things he, when he was pulling the strings back and forth. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he had the talk boy. I had the talk boy as well, where you record your thing and it comes out different. So I, I, I used to do a lot of those when my aunties would come over for Christmas. I used to hide outside the bathroom and I'd, I'd pull a string that in the bathroom, the potpourri would fall. Um, and I'd just hear my auntie scream and stuff. So while I don't think I remember a specific thing, it was very much like there was always laughs going on in the house. Everyone was always pranking each other. Um, and I think I, I, I think I still kind of have that, especially with William, like I'm always scaring William. <laughs> so I don't think I'm, I think my, my happiness com comes from others, other, mis other people's misery. My first memory of like seeing William, like as your boyfriend was on Snapchat, you scaring him. Like, and w was that yeah. like your first, was that the kind of first way you introduced him? 
pretty much that's kind of how it like how I got a following it was um it was through scaring William on Snapchat and that's something he loves to remind me as well because he's like you'd be nothing nothing without me <laughs> so yeah it was um it was scaring William on Snapchat and that kind of got the Snapchat followers and then everything kind of went from there and um, but yeah it kind of started off early on in our relationship as well I think it was like you know day three or four and I'm like wait behind outside the bathroom for William <laughs> and he's like what we don't know each other long enough for this but I, just like, Oops, I put you on my snap we have to stay together now <laughs> you're getting me followers so you're not going anywhere <laughs> so so were you one of these lucky people who lived near all their cousins then? Yes, I, I, I'm from Churchtown. A lot of my, my dad is from there as well. And um, yeah, there, there was uh, like family gatherings were always like you, the doors would be, you know, unable to close because there's so many people in the house. And we lived in a kind of small house. There's always loads of people over. Um, and I think my, my dad's from a big family as well. And I think like they grew up themselves pranking each other, always playing jokes. So it was a very, it was a thing even me and my brother and sister did as well on each other. There was always someone running after someone else with underwear or something like that, or like a dirty nap. It <laughs> was just always that kind of going on. Um, what were you like as the youngest child? The youngest child. Well, I, my mom likes to cut. So my mom was kind of in her forties. For back then, I think it was kind of older. That was kind of considered kind of old to have someone. And my my brother and sister were both in their late teens. So I, my mom calls me the blunder, and <laughs> she says it's not like oh you're a happy accident from Jesus. It's like ah. He was the blunder, ex. <laughs> and my my dad, my my mom and dad actually they love telling me how I was conceived, and they uh, like I remember growing up that uh, this would always come up in conversation. They were at a Halloween party. My mom was dressed as Edward Scissorhands, and my dad was dressed as Tina Turner, and they, they were like camping as well for some reason and like it happened in the tent and uh and my dad is always like and i was dressed as tina turner which is why i think you're gay <laughs> <laughs> but i mean what a recipe edward scissors hands and tina turner like sorry it's perfection for your conception <laughs> literally oh. did, I tell, did i ever tell you how, how my mom told jerry ryan this on the radio i think i saw it on your instagram before yeah, she she used to ring in Jerry Ryan of a of a weekday doing her bits at home, and she was ringing in. I think about like the price of milk or something really like like very like live line vibes. Like it wasn't anything to do with how I was conceived. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it was on the blah blah blah, and then uh, and and Jerry was like, "Do you have any kids or whatever?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, blah blah." Told the ages, and I think he said something about how uh, the age gap, and she's like, "Oh yeah, well." It's you should hear how he was conceived. Anyway, I'll tell you. So blah blah blah. And, and back then, like back then, like everyone listened to that radio show. Yeah. The whole world heard it. And jo John and uh, Anne went into school, and um, I, John and Anne said the other students used to sing "Simply the Best," <laughs> better than or all the like Tina Turner songs, <laughs> "Private Dancer," whatever. God. 
<laughs> that is amazing. No one didn't hear it. So, yeah. <laughs> like my mom, I don't know why I'm even telling this bit. What were we talking about? No, I love it. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> okay. Okay, James, the first time you felt laughed at. The first time I felt laughed at. So I, it, it kind of goes back to maybe what I was like as a child as well. Like in, in primary school, I was a very confident, very much owned who I was. I used to like be in the, in the, in the drama group. I used to do all your extracurricular stuff, but I wasn't good at ma I wasn't good at academics at all. I used to kind of be a bit of a class clown. And I, I think it was almost like born from a bit of self-consciousness about how I wasn't really good at like, like academic stuff. So I used to just keep, I was like, if I keep people laughing, they won't notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shite at maths or whatever. And also like, I was kind of hiding the fact I was gay. I realized I was gay from a very young age. And I knew that wasn't something that was okay back then. Like yeah. there was just an air of that, you know, if, that, if that's what you are, you kind of hide it. So I was a bit like, if I keep them laughing, they won't notice the gay thing and the, the shite at maths thing. <laughs> so I used to sacrifice my relationships with teachers a lot for, to get a laugh, Yeah, you know? And I was always kind of in trouble. And I remember the, <laughs> I remember one of the like the, the scariest times that happened, uh, which resulted in a suspension, and um, was and I definitely was laughed at. Was <laughs> I was messing down the back of the class, and the the uh, my teacher at the time just lost it, and she was like, "Come on, get out of here, or whatever," and she you know go to the principal's office. And I was kind of still laughing with Rachel, me but my my friend, and then she goes, "Who do you think you are?" And do you know the bits in like Lord of the Rings or whatever, when like something is about to happen, like, like the eye of the storm and it's like, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh my God, am I going to do this? And I was a big fan of the Spice Girls and I goes, some kind of superstar. <laughs> and I like between like being like, what the fuck did I just do? I am done. Like the cheek of that to like the whole class erupting in laughter. And I did the, I did the Victoria Beckham point as well. No. Yeah. Oh, I did. I was like, I'm going to go for it. And I went, some kind of superstar. <laughs> and um, we like, I, it was, I was, everything happens in slow motion. Like I just remember that. And then everyone like laughing and like, she was just furious. And I remember I got suspended for a couple of days. Oh yeah. That's a bit nuts. Do you know what? It sounds like it's nuts. And I, I remember telling a couple of people this and I'm like, God, if I was a teacher, we should not like laugh, whatever. However, it was the straw that broke the camel's back vibe. I was, yes. I was an annoying student, like <laughs> always. So I don't blame her. <laughs> and I, she, I, remember, I remember the feeling walking down the corridor and hearing everyone still laughing and the teacher being like, silence, silence. <laughs> it's not funny. And I was a bit like, yeah, I just did so. I just did that. <laughs> oh, my. and how would your parents have been about like being suspended? Um, I think it, not to like diss my parents or anything, but like because <laughs> I was so late in coming into their lives, yeah. I was a bit like not forgotten, but like I didn't get into. 
I didn't get punished a lot, if you yeah. know what I mean. I was kind of left to my own devices. So I think, um, I think I remember when that happened, I think my mum was like trying to not laugh like to the principal yeah. when that was being said. <laughs> do you think that that was kind of good in a way that that you were like, do you think your personality, like I'm, it's probably an obvious question to ask, but mm. like, do you think your personality now, maybe you wouldn't be as like, secure and so like even just I I often think that I, I'm honestly not I'm not saying this to be fucking cringe like yeah yeah but if I were to have a son that was gay I just would love them to be like you in terms of how I, I'm sure I don't underestimate like that it's obviously been a journey and there's yeah, been yeah. so many struggles along the way but just so secure and so free yeah 100% I do owe that to my parents they totally let me just do what I wanted to do what I want to do and I think it was in a way like they were quite strict with John and Anne and I I think uh with me it was a bit like oh look like just let him do what he wants like (laughs) let the blunder blunder away kind of thing (laughs) but it it was I I always think about this I am so close now to what I was like in primary school I am not like what I was like in secondary school secondary school was kind of oppressive for me it was like when I was in when I was in primary school like yeah I knew I was gay but it was never really discussed I don't think sexuality was a thing do you know what I mean like whereas I when I went into secondary school it was like are you gay it's like the yeah. first thing someone asks you or, you know, and then I, you know, I would have never stood up in the, in the middle of a, in, in secondary school and wanted that attention on me and some kind of superstar because I, I went insular. I like, it was like a hedgehog. I just, I wanted to be anonymous in school because in secondary school, because I didn't want that attention on me. I didn't want to be found out. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I think it took me a while to get over that and kind of weirdly go back to the way I was in primary school. I feel, I feel. I suppose in primary school, like you're not, whether you're gay or straight, you're not fancying people and you're not shifting people anyway. It's when all that starts to come and sexuality and you start to, you know, explore, that's when it becomes obviously scarier for you. Yeah, um, like I remember even in primary school, I got married to Rachel, my, my best friend in primary school. Yeah. Um, and we had a wedding day. And I remember everyone in the class paired up and there was like one of the one of the other students was the priest and married everyone. And yeah. it was just like everyone's getting married to their best friend. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Um, and then I think everything just changed when 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 you graduate to becomes about everything else. It becomes about who you're dating, who you're seeing. Who yeah. You, you know who you want to be seen with or whatever and I found I've, I did find I found it quite isolating as well as as the only I thought I was anyway the only gay in in in, in secondary school no one kind of wanted to be seen near me either really um to a point now I did make really good friends but at that you know the first couple of years it was a bit like oh if you stand near the gay then you're gay as well kind of thing oh I know so Isn't it was, mad but even our general like how much it has changed in such a short space of time. And obviously so much more has to be done. But I was talking about this to someone the other day, even like the language that, that like the vocab that people have now to express themselves, like in school, if they are gay and if they're struggling, like they know who they can go to, where they can go to, what they can say. Like, I remember in school, and I said this the other day on a podcast actually, but like, I just can't believe it. Like I was only in school 10 years ago and like, if someone, if you were slagging someone, you'd say, oh, you're such a bender. Yeah. And it was just like, 
But we didn't even know what that meant. And we were just saying it. Yeah, it's like um, if if you got loads of homework, oh, so gay. Yeah. If you got, got, um, you know, if your lunch was shit, oh, got so gay. So it's like, as a gay, it was like that word means a bad thing. It's a negative thing. So it's like you don't want to be associated with that. So. So when did you come out then? Was it like in secondary school or after? It was during. So I, I was in... So I went to two, I went to actually three different schools. I went, the first school was an all boys school. And again, I never, like whenever I talk about this, I'm not blaming the people I was in the class with or anything. It was, it was an overall, like, you know, it was an atmosphere that was just back then. It was a a societal thing as well. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. it was a societal thing. So I'm never blaming the people I was in school with or anything, but there was just this air, homophobic air anyway. And so I came out when I was in like, second year um, and it was it was a real like like I just wanted to say it to just get it, to move on and it felt like this I felt like I was t- living a lie it really did feel like I was living this lie and I remember going home and like to, like pretending to my mom I was like oh, I really fancy Rachel <laughs> she's so attractive I mean <laughs> Have you seen her hair in the sun? It just turns me on. Like, <laughs> I remember, like, I remember, like, even, like, definitely, she wasn't believe me, and I was like, "What am I doing?" And um, I, even, I even remember, I talked about this to some of my gays as well. Like, who are the who are the people you used to pretend to fancy in school? And I, I remember being at the lockers, like, trying to fit in, be like, "Christina Aguilera in Dirty, it's so hot, guys." <laughs> like all these like gay icons like <laughs> I'm like Britney Spears is so hot guys <laughs> have you seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer she could slay me she is so attractive <laughs> attractive is the best she's so oh she's so womanly <laughs> Have you seen the womaniness? I mean, I want that womaniness in, in near me. I want the womaniness. <laughs> I did not know how to talk like at all. <laughs> I love that that you were just like, "Oh, who the fuck am I kidding?" <laughs> and then I was like, "Whatever, I fancy him <laughs> and him and him." <laughs> oh my god, I love it. So yeah, I came out and my pe- I remember I went down and my mom was on the ke- my mom was on her seat. My dad had gone to bed. I was like, well, I'm gonna tell my mom first, that'd be easier, like obviously. So I went down and my, my mom was watching Carna- watching Con- Carnation Street Omnibus. And um, I was like, pause the TV. I have some- oh, I have something to tell you. And I- <laughs> do you know what? I think because coming out in movies and in in soaps was a big deal so I felt like I had to do a big deal as well and I just kind of threw myself on the couch like and I was like turn the tv off um, and my mom's like right and she just muted it Um, I was like I have something to tell you I'm gay and she goes we know <laughs> and turn Carnation Street back on <laughs> Oh my god! And I don't know. I think I was half devastated. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't going to be this big thing. But I was actually really delighted. Like in later times of how she handled yes. it, it was nothing. And I think that was premeditated, obviously, with her. She didn't want to make it a big deal. It was just. It was like talking about the weather. It was like we know. Yeah, fine. 
And then my mo- my my dad was told the next day. Everyone knew. <laughs> everyone knew. I had like the gayest bedroom ever. I had my I had my mom. She was she used to painting paint um one of the walls of my bedroom as uh, as I was a, a a pharaoh a dead pharaoh. So it was painted as it was like a tomb. So my my name was in like hieroglyphs, and I used to sleep like this. <laughs> <laughs> and that was on one wall on the other wall was like every piece of Spice Girl paraphernalia like it was just like come on I love that you were half devastated that they didn't make a big deal oh my yeah. god I was like, where is my moment <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure there's so many people who might like say who are listening to this that like maybe they haven't come out and they're like oh my god that sounds like the dream yeah, exactly. You, you know, uh, maybe I would have loved to be kicked out and find my own way. And <laughs> but no, I I no. got a really, you know, my parents. There was a, to be honest, growing up, there was always gays in my house. My sister was a always had a, a gay friend here, and my my my. There's actually a couple of gay cousins and blah blah. So it was never yeah. really this like far away foreign thing. Yeah. Um, that I thought it was going to be, and I think like popular culture and in soaps and stuff told me it was going to be bad yeah Do you know because yeah. if, you, if you watch any gay storylines in Carnation Street or Emmerdale or East Enders, it was always tr- it was always like a, a, a stormy type thing and, totally Do you know so I grew up seeing that and I yeah. thought that was going to be me as well but it wasn't and um, and then uh, then everything got easier from then and that's you know sometimes I would get messages from like teenagers who follow me that are are coming out and I actually find it wild that it's still happening that people are still coming out but it still happens and and I always say you're 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 most powerful when you're your most truest I think and I think once you own that it just gets so much easier I remember it literally was just the easiest thing ever oh I love it okay James the moment when if you didn't laugh you'd cry I think that was definitely um, my leaving cert results. <laughs> it wasn't great at all. <laughs> and I remember, um, I remember the morning of, oh my God, the postman was like delivering, there's a couple of leaving cert students on my road and he, I don't know, is it even done by post anymore? No, I don't think so. I think you go into the school. Yeah, uh, thank God. Um, I uh, We couldn't go into my school for some reason. I went to a normal school, a boarding school, and then I went to Ashfield College, which is just like a sixth year oh, it's yeah. like, it's an institute. So I, I got my, I was waiting for the bloody postman and I'm down the end of the road and the postman is like taking his time. Oh God. Delivering the post. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I, it was just like, if this doesn't go well, I'm, this is, you know, the end of my life. That's the feeling I had. Yeah. Um, and I remember adding it up and I added it up. This is because I'm bad at maths. I added up like three times wrong. I like, I, the first, First time I added up, I was like, oh, I'm, a bit, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I think I got like 450 points. I think in the first ad, my mom was like, Jay, that's <laughs> not the points. <laughs> like, it is. So I, I got really rubbish points. I think it was like, you know, in the hundreds. Like, it was just not great. Yeah. But I was never an academic person. So I think, yeah, if that was a very much like, if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. Um, and... I, I go just going on from then I just had to take a different route and um, so what did you do so I I actually remember the I got enough points to do basket weaving on the Aran Islands 
Do you remember that on the CAO? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And jam making as well was another one. Making. Sorry, you would have been stunning at jam making. I would have loved it. Loved it. And I remember it was always that course that was sneered at and people were like, oh, it's, it's. It used to be like, literally like, I was filling out my CAO last night. Do you know what I, do you know what I put down for the crack? Bloody jam making. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I think it was on the Aran Islands, gorgeous. I would have adored that, like loved it. Peg stairs on the wall, like making my, <laughs> weaving my baskets. Very Curabini. <laughs> it's so, so Curabini. I know, I'm raging I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> literally, it was it was a joke in the house. It was the only, the only thing I could have done, basket weaving and bloody jam making. <laughs> What did you do? So I ended up doing um, a portfolio <laughs> course to try and get into IADT to do um, film and television production. Oh, fab. I, I kind of, I, I, I don't know if I added it up properly again, but I think I was like, oh, if I get the 600 points in the portfolio and whatever little tuppence I have in my leaving star points, I'll then I can put them together and get into IADT. So I took a year out and did... Um, I also, I just forgot there. I think I actually block, blocked that out. I failed maths in the leaving search as well. Okay. So I, I had to um, repeat maths. So that's why I took the year out. I took the year out and I was like, right, I'll repeat maths and then do this course and then everything will be fine and I'll get in. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, I, I was like, what's the, like, the, 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 like the least I can do for maths? I ended up doing foundation maths, which is like, Mary has one apple and Mary has another apple. How many apples does Mary have? Honestly, those are the questions. And I was And um, Mary has one apple. Sorry, what did you say? Sorry, is that another Mary or the same Mary? <laughs> is it a pink lady apple or a Granny Smith apple? Is that the... <laughs> Did you pass? Yes, I passed. I got an A. And <laughs> I love, I sometimes I tell people I got an A in maths. I don't, I leave out the foundation math. <laughs> foundation math. <laughs> oh, so so yeah. you, you passed? I passed, yeah. Now, uh, so did my, cor did my course. Uh, I, I got 600 points in my portfolio. Oh, stunning. Yeah, yeah. I'm laughing now, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> you were well able to count them. Oh, I was. <laughs> so I got um, got the 600 points. Now, I, I fell down on the, the leaving third point, so I didn't get into IADT in the end. So I was back to kind of square one again. Oh. But I was having a great time. I was like going out loads. I, 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 I'd met loads of friends. I, I found I met a lot of really good friends in that period that I'm now best friends with. I yes. Think it took me to kind of get out of school to meet a lot of like, you know, people I, I'm now really good friends with. So you probably it, need you probably needed that year. Oh, I did big time. Yeah, I absolutely did. And I was also in boarding school, so I kind of needed to acclimatize back to Dublin and yeah. like start meeting people and, and going out and stuff. Um, so yeah, I then ended up doing um, uh, uh, what do you call those courses that like PLC? PLC. Yes, I, I was like, right, I'm going to go down the PLC route because I'm clearly not good in my little tuppence there, leaving fair points. So I, I did um, communications in rap minds and I was obsessed with AbFab and that's the, P, uh, Eddie did PR and <laughs> that's literally where I, I learned about PR. I was like, that looks so fab, like gorgeous. I'll do that. So I did a communications course in rap minds and um, 
I I I I got an uh, uh, an interview for this company's Think House, and I got into there, and I, I I so I skipped the whole college bit as well, yeah. which I still kind of feel a bit I was robbed of that, yeah, and I, I kind of regret that, um, and so yeah, I I think I started I started working from like 21, 22. Yeah. Um, in, in a proper adult world job. So that was kind of the start of my career. And, and I worked in PR for like six, seven years and, and got me to here. Which, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that work probably lended itself so much to what you do now, which we'll come back to. But yeah, for but now, it, there's always a route out of it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And I found yeah. that route. Yeah. Okay. James, your no laughing matter moment in life. Again, I found it hard to pick a specific thing, but I would say my anxiety is my my no laughing matter moment. And I, I, I think I was like tw- maybe 26. I'm only 27 now. No, I'm 31. <laughs> and I started getting these like really bad, um, uh, what's it called? The panic attacks. And I'd wake up most nights at 4 a.m. for some reason I it was always 4 a.m. and I started to get this fizzy feeling in my body and I was like oh my god it's the panic attacks and and you know what apart from like growing up and like the odd bit of bullying and you know being self-conscious about being gay I had a really great life I never I remember hearing other people in my class had uh, were on like medications for anxiety or some people in my class had um, you know d- d- diagnosed depression or whatever and I remember hearing about all this and I was like that's so f- not that it's so funny but I was like I- I've never even had a breeze of a bad thought even yeah just you know testament to my my home and I, I had a really good you know growing up but I never I, I was I remember going through my 20s as well and I think in your 20s, you kind of start to see your friends start to suffer with certain things or with their yeah. mental health. And yeah. I was always like, I'm so blessed to never have to go through any of this. And then 26 happened and it, it all kicked off. And I started to get these vicious panic attacks that it, it, it was like it was like I was going to die. That's how they felt. Uh, I was like, it was like I was having a heart attack. That's how vicious they were. And they went on for a couple of years and then they kind of stopped. And I was like, oh my God, amazing, I'm finished. And about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, anxiety started to creep in. And it, it was like, you know, when you hear the, 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 the term crippling anxiety, that's literally what it was about a year ago. Um, and I was finding it hard to even sleep. I was finding it hard to like uh, switch off. I had, um, my, my friend goes to therapy. I, I, I think I need to do it as well, but she, she was saying, uh, I catastrophize things. Apparently yeah. that's a word. Yeah. When, when, um, you know, something small happens, I think of the worst possible outcome. Yeah. That's exactly where it goes to. If someone doesn't text me back, I think they're playing with a voodoo doll of me and they're <laughs> done with me for life. Do you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Next it, level overthinking. Yes. Yeah. So I think those are anxiety and managing that is something you kind of you kind of need to do for maybe forever. I don't know. I I, I, I think I subliminally did this because of Joanne McNally and she personified her eating disorder. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've kind of personified mine and I don't have a name or anything, but the way I think about it is it's it's like, you know, slightly annoying friend or relation that comes to visit you every now and then yeah. and you're like oh here they are but you know I, I've, tr- I've tried to train myself that it's something that will come and then will go yeah exactly 
it's not something that you're, you know, you're going to be in for. It, it always visits me and then it kind of goes away. So that's kind of. And how do you manage it? Because I know people say, mm. and because I would have had, you know, moments of that as well. And like, I try to read books, but then I'm not a reader. I listen to podcasts and then I'm like, oh, if I'm listening to the podcast, I'm like almost self-diagnosing myself with something I mightn't even have. Maybe it's all in my head, even yeah. though I know it's not. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and then sometimes I kind of go, like, obviously it's so amazing that the conversation around mental health is just so much healthier than it used to be. But I also mm. kind of, I'm like, God, I wonder like, do I have all this vocab now that I'm just like diagnosing myself with like, you know, like the Kardashians are like, I've, I'm so, I've such anxiety. And it's like, no, you're just a bit stressed about something. But yeah. what I, so I think it's like, for me anyway, I'm like, come on there. And do you actually have it or do you not? And I'm always battling with, cause like you, I'm like, mm. you know, such a great childhood, such great twenties. And I'm like, I never thought I would be someone that would have these moments, which what I do now. Yeah. Like, how do you, manage it yeah and my anxiety would manifest itself in very like health focused ways like I, I would my heart would start racing and it would it would come out of nowhere either so that's why I don't think it's just me having like a bad pot and then I'm a bit worried it's like very physical the, yeah, the reaction okay. I have now how I manage it I have like a couple of different ways and they always work for me so I've kind of I've I, I, I have a kind of a couple of different methods now that I know will take me out of it, which is it's it's the power of your bloody brain is so powerful because yes. if you if you have going on your little like health that it will bring you out of it, that almost helps you too. Yeah. So I do med I do meditation on the Calm app, which I find really good. And um, there's this specific um uh, panic attack um YouTube video that. I always put on when I feel it getting like really burny, like the panic attack. I put that on and breathing is really like key for me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I would get it in bed where I, I it's always this weird fizzy feeling. And it's this fizzy feeling coming up and I'm like, oh, here we go. But if I take it back to my breathing and in and out and just concentrate on the breathing, that really helps. And yeah. um, another thing I've had to do over the past year, because I've just had a rough year with anxiety, like over the past year, is I've cut caffeine out. And um, uh, I don't I, like I don't want to demonize that or that say it's a big reason, but I found it was a bit of a trigger for me. If I'd have a coffee, it would kind of bring on the fizzy feeling. And yeah. um, so now I have decaf. I have coffee every day. I love coffee, but I, I just switched to decaf. Um, I, 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 I'm kind of like a bit bougie with myself in the evenings like I love I think self-care like I I always like because it was it, it's weird in the evening is when anxiety would hit me and I think it's maybe when I'm just sitting down or I have time to kind of think or just be yes. myself that's when it kind of creeps in so I always make sure I have like nice candles lighting and I I'm I'm, a, I'm allergic to overhead light so I, I, I love low light and yeah. um, just making a calming surrounding um, I love, I have a shower every evening. I have one in the morning, one in the evening. And I just do like little rituals like that, that just I know are nice for me. And I've tricked myself into, into thinking, which sounds a bit mental, but if I have a shower, it washes the anxiety off. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah. So that's, it, that in its way, these little mental tricks I'm playing on myself actually yeah. help. Um, and then I would have like lavender tea or or chamomile tea and like light lavender incense. Um, and then I would always, uh, meditation is something I just do now every day for 10 minutes. Um, and exercise, oh my God, have I mentioned I work out, Darren? <laughs> I, 
I have weights in the corner. Um, but <laughs> no, literally, yeah. I, I never um, exercised growing up. Like never exercised and um, didn't, I just, you know, never needed to really. Well, I yeah. should have, but I, um, I, I've, that's something that I've introduced in the past, like t- two years. And it's, it's, I should have mentioned that at the start. I really feel that's made such a difference. Um, and I know it's like, it's annoying when someone says, oh, go for a walk or a I know. Walk, if you're feeling, but it genuinely does elevate my mood a bit I was gonna say that because obviously the whole self-care thing it's like it's very saturated now and so I think people can kind of go go away with your little meditation or your blah blah but it is the small things it is like and and I do think because you can kind of like that catastrophize and go oh god I need to get therapy and I need to maybe take something but I think like doing those small things and and tiny little changes and even just rooting your feet to the ground you know those kind of things are like you know they people say standing on grass in bare feet and taking 10 deep breaths or whatever it might be it's starting with the small things and then if you need more help get it oh big time and i i think like um even like being down the country for me is so like i love being down in cork and it's just just being away from like busyness really helps as well but you're also someone who like it's just so clear from social media you just love your friends you love hanging out with them you love like if you're out you are out and you're yeah. you're in it like to the death yeah so, like how how have you found that like over the past year or so i'd say I, I i reckon out of like anyone on social media you you it feels like you're the person who would have missed that most do you know what? I'm actually not. Are you not? No. And like, I am, like you said, I'm, if I'm out, I'm out. Like, and I'm out for three days. <laughs> but I'm also completely the opposite. I'm a hermit yeah. most of the time. And I I think it's actually a bit of a blessing to enjoy your own company. Because, totally. Do you know, um, I, I think it's really saved me in the past year. I love being on my own. And like my friends like would joke with me. They they know I love when they when they cancel plans or whatever. I'm <laughs> like, oh no, we're not going for coffee anymore. Oh no. <laughs> I'm like, yes, back to the couch. <laughs> I know, back to my cozies. Oh yeah. So yeah, while and I think that's the way with social media, you just never know what someone's really like. I know, I know, you You just don't. Yeah, I do share like, you know, when I'm out and blah, 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 but I adore my own company. I love quietness. I love being like, I love being down the country. I love being, do you know, I always say like, I want to make enough money so that I don't have to have a phone. Uh, (laughs) Do you know who I, I like recently enough, Rachel Blackmore with like she's literally like queen of Cheltenham queen of the Grand National and we actually talked about this we were like it's just mad like she doesn't even have to do social media she's literally getting on probably private jets going here there everywhere and she hasn't got a single Instagram post so I'm so jealous she just like is living this amazing successful life yeah I I I have like a fantasy of having a like I want to move down to the country uh, like in a year or so I want to relocate but I have a fantasy of just having like eventually one of those like phones that just in the hallway that ring <laughs> <laughs> and you have to like it takes ages to dial it yeah. yeah 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 oh my god glam and that's the only way you can contact me <laughs> i mean we do love our social media as well i love us sir love us <laughs> no but you know what i do i absolutely love it but i think yeah. um, i i love my own company as well and i love um 
I love being alone a lot. And yeah. I think that's, yeah, like you were asking, I think that's totally helped me in this whole thing. But you know what? As soon as the restrictions are lifted, you'll have to pry me away from a, some sort of cocktail beer garden. Oh my right? god! The crap I've, is going to be. I've enjoyed. I, I've enjoyed elements of the last year, but I'm ready. <laughs> like you still, we still want the option to go. Oh, in. exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay, James, the person you always laugh with. The person I always laugh with, my friend Anthony. Um, so he's one of my oldest friends, and he is. I kind of met him when I just left school and I think as I was saying I think you meet loads of your kind of main friends around that kind of period of your life and I think because I know him so long we've so many shared experiences and we've done it we've we've worked in a couple of places together when we were growing up and we used to work in chartbusters in Ranla that was like one of the (laughs) one of our jobs and um oh it was like it was, you know, sometimes you get like, sometimes you get these like mad oddball customers who'd come in to use the internet and stuff. And we were <laughs> always just, I was always like, especially even with like family or like being in class, you know, when you're not supposed to laugh. Yeah. And they're the most vicious of laughs. <laughs> and like, you, like the shoulder just starts shaking. And I, <laughs> I remember always being at funerals and stuff with my family and I'd see my sister's shoulder just... <laughs> And the whole pew would start to, like, and that's very much like how I was with Anthony when like we'd have mad customers come in that would be a bit aggressive with us. And there was one particular customer that um, used to insist on like eye contact and like, I sorry, look at me when I'm speaking to you. And he was very aggressive. And me and Anthony, I used to do this when he'd come in, I'd do this. If the counter would be here, I'd go, I'd like die and Anthony was like yeah like I I have to deal with him now and I'd slink back and I'd be like make eye contact (laughs) like from beneath (laughs) the counter just trying to make him laugh because the the customer would definitely rip his head off like (laughs) oh I love that and you guys are still friends Oh my God, still best friends. Um, and do you know what? He's one of those perfect friends that you don't need to see all the time. Yes. But when you see them, it's you're back in the room. Yeah. And if they, the if they text you and you don't get back for literally a month, like oh. you reply with like just a casual reply to their text and they're like, oh, cool. Any yeah. other crack? Yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm blessed in the sense that nearly all my friends are like that. We're very much like it's no sweat if you don't get back for a week or whatever. Yeah. I hate friendships that you feel like they're a chore. Do you, oh. know? you have to work at them. And it's not like, a flowing conversation. It's like, hey, how are you? How is work? How's your boyfriend? <laughs> like, I'm only getting in touch with you. Like, Anthony, I literally talk to him sparingly, but I only get in touch when I have something to say or an actual story or... And, and a lot of our friendship now, because we haven't like seen each other, it's just those memories. I'm like, oh my God, do you remember that time in Tarposters? Do you remember that time? Yeah. It was very loud there. And um, <laughs> my cat. And um, we'd always be just sharing like loads of gas memories from, from our childhood. Yeah. I, I love those stress-free friendships. Oh, the best. Like one of mine, one of my friends who's like that, mm-hmm. hadn't talked to her in about two months. And she just texted me the other day. She's like, thinking of getting Botox taught. <laughs> And like, that's all it needs. Like, you don't need to be like, hey, how's things? And I was just yeah. like, don't think you need it, you're fab. She's like, you're a liar, chat to you later. Yeah, and it'll be two months before, like, and, and you just, when you see them in person, there's there's some people who you might be a little bit awkward with at the start and you kind of warm up, but there's just these people you're yeah. back in the room with. Yeah. And it's just so Love refreshing. It. 
Okay, James, uh, a time where you had the last laugh. Time where I had the last laugh. Do you know what? I think it's kind of just my just me living now and and being like able to pay my bills and pay my rent and you know go on holiday and uh you know even though I've taken the last travel route if you get me like I didn't go down I didn't get the points I wanted I didn't get the course I wanted I and that I'm not gonna lie that really like put like made me not depressed, but I was really upset about that for yeah. like quite a couple of years. And it was always a thing where you'd meet up with people and they'd ask what you got in your leaving cert. Oh, oh my God, I know. I know. Or what's well, the yeah, it was always this question. And it, it was always, it was like I had to come out all over again. Oh God. <laughs> I was like, I got, no, I, didn't, I got jam making. I got an A in that. <laughs> yeah, I got an A in that. <laughs> so I think, um, I think the fact I can live my life now and I'm, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm on a trajectory and I'm going somewhere, even though I didn't take this route that was like, it, it felt like the be all and end all route. Yeah. Um, and you know what, something you said, I can't remember where you said it, but it's always stuck with me about not being uh, seeking happiness, but seeking like contentness yes. and being content. Um, and that's uh, that honestly is in my head now all the time. And it, it, it's kind of a, a reminder to not, because I think if you are seeking happiness, you'll be, or this, this happiness that is talked about in movies, you're going to forever be lost. But yeah. to, 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 to just be ha- like content every now and then I think is, is better. And yeah. I remember um, I was actually like driving down, um, uh, what's that street that you always think it's a beautiful day? <laughs> Drury Street. Drury Street. <laughs> I was driving down there and it's this has got like, I'm sure people are going to bloody eye roll if they hear this or whatever. Um, but I remember I was driving down and I had rain on me kind of blaring and I had an iced coffee. And I was like, I was like, uh, f- like 15 year old bully to bits me would be so proud of me like in my car like having a nice coffee I'm not like a squillionaire or like this or that but like it was just I had a little moment of appreciation and I was like because I, I driving was another disaster for me I it took <laughs> me four goes to get my license four goes but I remember just being there and I was like I have my iced coffee I'm not really worried at the moment I'm just quite content and happy oh. and I just I was like yeah, I'm happy. Do you know that way? Little moments. They're the little best. moments. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not very, I know I probably come across as very materialistic and I love shiny things and stuff, but I'm actually just happy. Like I love those little mini moments in yeah. life that you're just like, that's when I'm actually my most happiness. But it shows again, like you just don't know someone from their social media. Like people would, would message me sometimes and say like, Oh my God, I wish you were in, in at my family dinner table. I'd say the crack would be 90. I'm like, if you asked my sisters, they'd be like, they're in the grumpy bitch half the time. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you never, like there's times like where you wouldn't know what form I'm going to be in. And I'm only kind of realizing that, do you know when you like get older and you just get more self-aware about what kind of personality you have? Yeah. Like in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm grateful all the time. But I definitely can be a really difficult person. And it's like, people don't even think that that's a thing. And people write to me and say, how? are you so positive all the time or like in such good form all the time? I'm like, yes. goes to show like you don't have a clue from someone. Yeah. Well, I definitely would have, I, I think you are easy breezy in a sense, but I would have had you down as a 100% 24-7 easy breezy bitch. Like, no, God, <laughs> no. My sister, like, no, I am most of the time happy-go-lucky. Yeah. 
And I yeah. always kind of have been. But I get moments where I'm like just a total antichrist as well. Okay. Where like everything Absolutely. irritates me. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, it could be part of my cycle either, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, James. If laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? The sash. Yes! <laughs> You're up the Jacksons! Yeah. Um, absolutely the sesh. Like, that's one thing I, I like, because I was in boarding school, I came back up to Dublin, I haven't partied. I, like, I was actually a real late bloomer with drinking. I think my first time getting drunk, I was 18. Who was I? Oh, were you? We're both <laughs> losers. Losers? I didn't, my first drink was the night I finished the leave insert. No way. Yeah, I went to the local restaurant with my parents and they were like, there's your little glass of Pinot Ratio. And then I had a full bottle and I was fucking locked. That's so funny. Like, that's rare. Like, I know. Even, like people going to discos and stuff getting hammered. And like, yeah, I just, our, yeah. our discos in school were like, obviously we're in boarding school, we couldn't go out and buy a drink. And the, like the teachers would be standing up against them all. And just, there was no opportunity to do that. I didn't have the Wes experience either that a lot of okay. you know Dublin teenagers had. Yeah. I was in a bloody barn in Westmead. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was a bit of a late bloomer drinking, but um, going out, finding my feet in Dublin, going to clubs, that's when I became the primary school James I was. Yeah. Like the real, like I'm loving life vibes. Um, and I actually met, I, I, I met um, uh, a, a uh, Andrea, my friend Andrea Horan at a sesh who owns Tropical Popcorn, and she uh, got me the interview for Think House. Um, Stop. Yeah, I was in, like 21 or whatever, and I met her at a at a at a party, um, and I met a lot of really good people at parties through the years and on nights out and like making best friends with someone in the smoking area, like who you then end up like following on. Facebook or whatever, and then you become friends. So I, I, oh, I, I think, yeah. Anytime I'm in a bad mood, I think a good night out is so good. Like yeah. it just yeah. solves so much. I know, I know. And when you just have that buzz, and when you don't know where the night's going to take you, like you go out for maybe like tapas or something, and then you're like, oh my god, the night is our oyster. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> oyster. Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. The night, the night is our torito in the middle. <laughs> but no, that's that's something I do miss is the um the unexpectedness of a night out. Spontaneity. And, oh, I think we had this chat on Twitter. Yeah, from, didn't yeah we? we did. I miss the spontaneity of a night out. Absolutely. Oh, it'll happen. Yeah, well. Okay, James, you ready for your quick fire round? I'm ready, Darren. Okay, the actor you always laugh at. I think Jim Carrey, he's always gas, like every, every movie, The Mask, Ace Ventura. So good. Okay, the actress you always laugh at. Goldie Hawn, my ah. icon of life. And she's not, oh, this is a quick fire. I don't have to explain it, do I? No, you can if you want. Goldie Hawn on Instagram is joy. And like, it's not even like her roles, like in Death Becomes Her and stuff. She's so funny. But I think her aura and her just... Yeah. Joy de vivre is just delicious. Fab, fab. Yeah. Okay, the movie you always laugh out loud at. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Airplane? No. Oh, it's the funniest movie in the world. It's really like stupid slapstick, like just stupid funny. It's, it's, the whole movie is set about a plane that's crashing and um, there's just a load of stuff goes on. I think 
It's not Steve Martin. It's someone who looks like Steve Martin's in it as well. But look up, the, look it up on YouTube afterwards. It's the okay. funniest thing ever. I'll watch it this weekend. Airplane. Okay, the comedian you always laugh at. Joan Rivers. Oh, fab! I'm, I'm obsessed with her. I feel like her jokes are like, you feel like you need a shower after them. And I, they're kind of my favorite kind of jokes. You feel like you need a wash after saying them. Or you need to, you need to burn some incense. Yeah. Um, Joan Rivers is just, I'm, I find myself like looking up her old clips and stuff on YouTube. They're just, you're just like, did she go there? They're my favorite kind of jokes. Like you can't say that. But you're secretly yeah. delighted they said it. Yeah. That's really offensive. and finally james cavanagh your best or worst joke oh my god okay i actually said this to my my nephew the day and he laughed (laughs) (laughs) where 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 does napoleon keep his armies tell me in his sleeves Absolutely brilliant. James, that was just But the, 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 the big joke, I think, is that it's taken you this long to have me on your podcast. That is quite the joke. That Jokes is the... <laughs> oh my God, James, you have been such a stunning guest. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much for sharing the last of your life. Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life with James Kavanagh. I hope you enjoyed it. That's four episodes done of this season, but we still have eight to go. So don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, and all those other things. This podcast is recorded with Collaborative Studios and is brought to you by Aussie Hair. Great hair, no worries. (laughs) 